ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 333rd ever show of All Around Sports. We're each Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is the New Orleans Saints showing themselves to be, at the moment quite possibly the best team in the NFL by going on the road yesterday to thump the Cincinnati Bengals 51 to 14 and doing this the week after ending the Los Angeles Rams undefeated season. They have it all going on right now uh, from Mark Ingram to Michael Thomas to of course, Drew Brees and, uh, the Saints are back in a big way, uh, back to practically their Super Bowl form, it seems, of a few years back. And I say that because they're back to winning at home, as they did last week. And if they keep this up to get home field advantage, and they're basically tied with the Rams. They're 8-1. I think the Rams are 9-1. and one. But they each have one loss. Uh, it's imperative, it would seem to me, for the... Saints to have home field advantage, which would, in my mind at this moment, and we know how things change in the NFL, uh, make them the NFC favorite to get to the Super Bowl. So, fun to watch. They did this all on the heels yesterday of bringing in Des Bryant and then having him tear his Achilles on the last play of practice on his first or second day with the team. Uh, And then here this morning that they signed Brandon Marshall. So uh, a lot going on down New Orleans, but the message clearly with Des Bryant and Brandon Marshall is they're going for it. And uh, it looks like they might have the goods to do it. I mean, Cincinnati, uh, like so many other teams, it's tough to really figure out what's their real identity and, uh, but you know, they're, uh, generally a quality team. So for them to give up 51, uh, at home to the saints speaks to, uh, how good the saints are playing right now. And the Bengals responded by firing their defensive coordinator today. So, uh, they clearly weren't expecting it any more than anybody else was. Well, my bizarre story of the week is, Really, the demise of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Uh, although they put up a decent effort yesterday in losing to the Colts, uh, the fact remains it was their fifth loss in a row. 
And that brings us to what I think is certainly the game of the weekend coming up, and if not one of the games of the year. And that, of course, is the Jags hosting the Steelers this Sunday at 1 o'clock. And the Steelers, of course, coming off their unbelievable uh, beatdown of the Carolina Panthers on Thursday night football. That was just, uh, nobody saw that one coming either. And the Steelers are just rolling along. And the Jaguars can't get out of their own way. So keep in mind that it was the Jaguars who last year went into Pittsburgh in the regular season, intercepted Big Ben five times uh, to win that game in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field. And more importantly, went into the uh, divisional playoffs against the Steelers and beat them again, uh, thereby ending the Steelers season. We all know the rest of the story. Jacksonville goes to the AFC Championship. I was there. They had every uh, opportunity to beat New England. They basically uh, were in charge of the game throughout the first half into the third quarter. And then, as so many teams do in Gillette, got conservative and let the Patriots uh, uh, take the snatch that game right away from them. Fast forward to this past September, and they get off to a fast start and beat the Patriots at home. And all of a sudden, the Jaguars are everybody's uh, darling team. Great defense. And it has just gone south in a big way. Reports of shouting matches in the locker room after one of the losses a couple weeks ago. So I just think that this game is going to be a really, really fascinating game to watch. Um because I think it's going to reveal once and for all who each team is, both the Jaguars and the Steelers, uh, given how the Steelers are playing so well and the Jaguars are playing so awful. And oh, by the way, by then, our long national nightmare of Le'Veon Bell uh, situation should be over. Uh, Apparently, if he doesn't show up by 4 o'clock tomorrow, Tuesday, Eastern four o'clock Eastern time. That's it. He can cannot play this year. So that should be interesting to watch as we roll through the afternoon tomorrow. And my low light of the week is the New York Jets basically laying down at home to get massacred forty-one to ten by the Buffalo Bills behind. Get this, Matt Barkley, who. Hasn't played a game in the league in a couple of years. And he and his Bills teammates just lit him up. And uh, it just doesn't get any worse for the Jets than that. The crowd was booing him, rightfully so. And the only other team as disappointing as them right now, or as bad as them, quite frankly, has to be... uh, the Oakland Raiders. Uh, and I think their season was punctuated late in that game yesterday, which I was watching on NFL Red Zone, when Derek Carr, what happened to him, threw a fourth down p- pass in the final seconds uh, into the dirt, thereby ending the game, which is just unbelievable when you think about it, because 
you can only assume that he forgot what down it was. There can be no other explanation because uh, they don't get a first down and or a touchdown. There was that little time left. The game's over, so you just have to heave it up there. Hail Mary-like, even though they were down, I think, around the 30 or so, so not all that far. Um, instead, he just threw it into the dirt. And it was you could tell from the look on his face that he apparently forgot what down it was. So that was bad. And, boy, so the, the loss was to the Chargers. So the Raiders and the Jets are clearly in, in the cellar. And, you know, the Bills, who most people have just kind of ridiculed all season long as just the flat-out worst team in the NFL, uh, that is no longer true after yesterday, I would say. So good for the Bills going in and doing what they did. And uh, other interesting games yesterday, uh, again, back to identity. It's tough to really get a handle on the identity of these teams. Falcons were on a bit of a roll, yet they went up to Cleveland, got beat 28-16. to 16. The Patriots had one of their had their worst game since they were on the Cincinnati game uh, when they got pummeled by the Chiefs on Monday Night Football a few years back. The Titans and Coach Mike Vrabel, former Patriot, just rolled over them, thirty-four to ten, and really quite a shocker. And it was, of course, uh, post-game. Dion Lewis, former Patriot. Uh, <laughs> took a shot when he said that uh, that's when happens. That's when hap- That's what happens when you go cheap. Uh, so interesting comment there, and not a good way for the Patriots, who had also been on a roll, won four or five in a row, uh, to go into a bye week. I can't imagine a worse way than to go in after a beatdown into a bye week, rather than to go in riding what would have been, I think, a six-game winning streak and flying high. Now it's the exact opposite. So, uh, Bill Bo- Coach Belichick may, may may stick to his proclamation of no days off here in the next two weeks. That'll be interesting to see. And then, lastly, there was uh, the Ram Seahawks game turned into turned into just a great game. Um, really fun watching that late in the day on Red Zone, and uh, kind of weird. The Red Zone the past two weeks now has had. Hardly any fantastic finishes in the 1 o'clock window. And then the late game window has turned out to be uh, the more exciting one. It doesn't, uh, that's not typically been the history of Red Zone. You typically have four or five finishes between 3.30 and 4.30 Eastern Time. uh, That uh, makes it the best sports watching hour of the week every week. Uh, But not the past two weeks. So I'm sure it'll revert back soon enough. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches? 
we'll talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice America. Sports Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now... Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. You can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And AP, how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, John. Thank you so much for having me on this show. Well, thanks for calling, as always. And uh, we'll jump right into a little college football here. You, uh, your Crimson Tide, whom, whom you cover, played a solid game uh, on Saturday in beating Mississippi State. But I think uh, what's on everybody's mind is the, the health of Tua. So I figured you'd know better than anyone how he's doing. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to play this Saturday. They'll probably keep him out as a precautionary measure, but I think he'll be fine to play against Auburn and hopefully against Georgia in the SEC championship game in Atlanta. Yeah, and who do they play this week, AP? Do they actually play Auburn or... Oh, they play the Citadel this coming Saturday. Oh, okay. okay. This coming Saturday, yeah. Right. Auburn's always Thanksgiving weekend. Okay, the Citadel. Well, uh, that that sounds like that'd be a good game to sit out for him. So, sounds like the smart move. Now, I had seen, I think, even the night of the LSU game where Jalen Hurts had had something going on with his foot, walking cast or whatever. So, what's his status? Yeah, so I'm not sure he's going to play as well. Uh, There's a possibility that that um, Matt Jones, the third-string quarterback, could 
be the starting quarterback on Saturday against the Citadel. Oh, wow. Wow, that's interesting. Um, so what's the story on Matt Jones? Uh, I'm sure he's highly, highly touted. Yeah, yeah, Mac was a, a player out of Jacksonville, Florida, and he's a, a similar in stature, let's say, tall and lanky to AJ McCarron, if people remember him. Yeah, he was the he's the uh, the field goal holder, right? I think I saw him on the field, or he came in for one play against LSU and two sat out after that run touchdown run of his. Is that right? Right, he right he he's holes on the field goals, so. I think he'll be capable, and it'll give him a chance to shine, and they'll just have to proceed. I mean, that's why they recruit all these players to Alabama. They give them the scholarship, so they they must have talent to play in that team. Correct. No doubt about it. Um, well, anyway, on to the game. Uh, were you there by any chance? Yes, yes. Uh, I, I was at the ball game, and in Alabama, once again, they held an opponent to under 50 yards, rushing 44 total. I mean, they shut out the opponent again, second week in a row. Maybe it's some type, it's some type of record. It's maybe the first time Alabama shut out two SEC opponents. Well, their defense, as we all saw against LSU, is absolutely incredible. Um, and Mississippi State, you know, they're they're a good team. They have a good offense, a good quarterback, and Nick Fitzgerald. And uh, so, you know, no small matter for them to shut them out wherever, including Tuscaloosa. <laughs> Or Starkville, so very impressive to say the least. Oh yeah, yeah. Nick Fitzgerald, he's a great runner, and um, he's strong, he's powerful, and uh, they were able to just keep that offense down a, a total of yardage, John, of only 169 yards in 50 plays. But, wow. Uh, but Mississippi State, you know, they had a pretty good defense. They held Alabama to 305 yards in 72 plays. I think that was the first time Alabama was under 500 yards. And um, all season. Really? Wow. That's impressive. Uh, well, the you know SEC is, again, obviously Alabama is just uh, uh, very secure at number one. But and the SEC is, uh, you know, still just has a great representation for teams. Uh, you know, in the top 25 poll or super 16 poll, I should say, from the football writers. And, uh, yeah, just very impressive. And speaking of impressive, uh, Clemson, of course, rolled into Boston College, as I mentioned last week, and really just played, you know, a great game. I mean, uh, the kind of game that the number two undefeated team in the nation needs to play. Uh, you know, a lot of Clemson people. Here around Boston, as you would expect, two weeks in a row, because the week before was all the Packer people roaming the streets of Boston. But this week it was Clemson Orange, and it was fun. And uh, But, you know, BC, you know, had what happened, what had, has to happen to an underdog if they're going to pull a huge upset, which is they got an early special team score for a touchdown. And, you know, Clemson withstood that in the early going. And then just really, uh, you know, uh, showed who they are and just having a, a solid, solid victory. Of course, the quarterback, the freshman, Trevor Lawrence, never been played in the cold, if, if, if even be in the cold 
And uh, I think I read he had never been north of Virginia. <laughs> so it was a cold, windy night. Trust me, I'm here. <laughs> and, yes. Uh, so he, you know, he, he passed that test, shall we say. So um, they look good. I was very impressed with Clemson. I mean, they just showed me a lot, uh, you know, coming into here to Boston. And, you know, BC was pretty hyped. Solid team. Got, like I said, got that early score that, you know, is always a big driver for any upset. But yet, Clemson, you know, withstood that pretty easily and, and just notched a solid, solid victory. Yeah, Clemson's really coming on, John. I mean, they have uh, they are you know, standing, standing offense and defense, and they're going to be a handful from here on out. Uh, I mean, they maybe at the end, maybe they surpass Alabama if they keep winning, possibly as the number one team. We just don't know right now, but both look on a collision course to meet up in the final game. But we shall see. There's a lot, to, a lot of football to be played in between. It just, it does seem that way, AP. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. They've met three years in a row now in the college football playoff. Is that correct? Alabama won a national championship. Then Clemson won the national championship. Then Alabama last year beat them in the semifinal. Is that right? That's correct. That's correct. Okay. And all had their their narrative. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, you know, they taught, there was a lot of chatter about you know, leading into the LSU game that LSU is, you know, would not be intimidated playing Alabama. They're not beaten before the, uh, before they walk on the field, but there's, you know, that may or may not be true, but it's certainly true for Clemson. They are in my mind, really, you know, the, the only team that truly is not in any way, shape or form intimidated by Alabama. So, yeah, at this point, it's, it's like uh, some people may not want to see it again, but um, after what I saw Saturday night, I'd love to see it again, quite frankly. I think it'd be another great game. I have no doubts. Yeah, probably would, John. And that's, you bring up an interesting point because the first time Alabama and Clemson met, the Clemson players, they were not entirely certain they could compete. But the following Correct. year, they knew they could play with Alabama, and they they pulled out that upset win for the national championship. Down in Tampa Bay, you were there, and you and I were both yeah. at the game in Phoenix yeah. when uh, Alabama beat Clemson, but Clemson made a heck of a game out of it, to, to say the least. They hung with them throughout the game, and then that was the one that really, really served notice of what was to come. The semifinal last year, you know, Nothing special, nothing memorable. You know, the, the, let's just say Alabama had uh, Kelly Bryant's number that 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 night. Um, but you, you know, no more Kelly Bryant at Clemson, so it's clearly Trevor Lawrence. And again, I, I just think he took a big step by coming in, playing his first cold weather game against a solid team like BC on the road that was looking at a you know a season making opportunity for them, without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. They were two similar type quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts of Alabama and Kelly Bryant. And the offenses were on fire in that particular game. Alabama made some defensive plays that led to touchdowns. So, But it'll be a different story. Uh, two completely different versions at the quarterback position, pure passers. 
Lawrence and Tunga Bailoa. That would be quite the ball game. I'm sure the defensive coordinators, they wouldn't have much sleep. No doubt about it. Hey, you know, AP, speaking of Alabama, I've been wanting to ask you. I meant to ask you last week, but I'll ask you now. What were your thoughts on uh, Amari Cooper being traded by the uh, Raiders, of course, over to the Cowboys? Um, You know, Amari Cooper, I know how highly you think of him, and rightfully so. He had one of the greatest careers ever for an Alabama receiver. And what were your thoughts on that one? You know, he's had uh, productive years in the NFL. He he uh, slacked off last season, uh, injury possibly. I don't know what it was exactly, but a new start maybe could uh, regenerate his career. I mean, Dak Prescott, I don't think he's a pure passer, but right. uh, they desperately need a, a, a deep threat, a, a wide receiver threat for the Cowboys, so... Maybe that's best for all parties. We shall see, though. But the Cowboys, they're not going in the right direction, it seems. Right. Well, we'll see if they actually righted themselves last week. Uh, You know, that was a big victory for them going in to beat the defending world champs, Eagles, in Philly last night. So we'll see where that takes them. But, yeah, I've been meaning to ask you about that. It was, you know, gigantic move, obviously. They traded him for a number one pick. So, uh and I know oh, how yeah. highly you think of him. Yeah, I still have faith in Amari Cooper as a player in the NFL. I sure, I certainly do with the right team, right quarterback, right system. Absolutely, as do I, as do I. Well, AP, hard to believe we're at the end of our first segment, so why don't we take a break? We still have a lot more to get to on the other side. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-294. 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move oh, on. I just, and I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 888 Three four six nine one four four, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we were talking a lot of college football, as we always do in the previous segment, Alabama, Clemson, and the like. Uh, but A.P., I saw something interesting this week. Uh, got a news release from the American Athletic Conference, and I'm loving it, that College Game Day is going to be in Orlando this coming Saturday from the University of Central Florida campus. Uh, they're hosting uh, Cincinnati, who's 9-1. And, of course, UCF, AP, is undefeated. You and I have covered the conference uh, for years, American Athletic Conference, near and dear to our hearts, and... You know, I just love the UCF story. I'm thrilled that they're going to get some love on Saturday morning. And uh, I just think it's going to be great. I I can't wait. You know, they've got the nation's longest winning streak. It's up around the 18 or 19 in a row now. Two different coaches, Scott Frost last year, Josh Hopple this year, Mackenzie Milton, a Heisman candidate for sure. And, you know, pulled out a miracle victory a couple weeks ago to beat Memphis in Memphis. So I I just think it's great, AP. I mean, you you know, you cover Alabama, so we all understand the, you know, the uh, storyline, shall we say, where uh, UCF declared themselves, you know, national champions and everything when Alabama was national champion. So I, I just think it's a great story, and I can't wait to see Saturday college game day. Yeah, I think it's a a good move to 
publicize them because they've been exceptional these last couple of years and they're on a hot street. So why not go to Orlando, the favorite destination, I think, of Americans, right? Orlando, Florida. <laughs> no doubt about it, AP. Oh. I spend a lot of time down that way. I used to live down in Florida. But more importantly, on a recent visit, I went over for the first time ever to the University of Central Florida, was right at the stadium, toured the campus, never been there before, although I've been to Orlando often. Um, and yeah, it's just like the success of the football team was enough to, you know, cause me to just say, time to take a little trip over there and, you know, check it out. It's only 10, 15 minutes down the highway from right downtown. But AP, it's really cool. It's, you know, an entire like section of town that is basically all all UCF and it's important to note here they are the second and I heard recently have moved into the first but certainly the second the second largest student body of any college in America so we're and the figure is nothing short of astounding it's around 60,000 students and when I went over there you know, I could see it. Like the campus is massive, generally modern, uh, an entire, you know, for lack of a better word, town, even though it's, you know, it's called just the UCF area, shall we say. That's how mm -hmm. it's referred to down there. To call it, uh, so technically a section of Orlando, but it's its own entity in every, in every way, shape, and form massive massive area wise you know orlando has lots of area <laughs> to be developed shall we say and ucf has done that so it's just a great story yeah they have a, a marquee player at quarterback so yep um and like you said a huge university and it's it'll be a, a nice setting and atmosphere i'm sure they'll they'll bring everybody they'll have a big crowd and maybe they'll continue that streak so why not focus on a program that's trying to to get to the top in a conference that's you know clamoring for a promotion and uh you know trying to trying to get to that power from the power five and change it to the power six well exactly i mean that that's the bigger picture here you know first and foremost you and i have a history and a strong uh you know just a strong feeling for the American Athletic Conference. I've covered, we've both covered numerous football media days down in Newport, Rhode Island every summer. So we know that, you know, Commissioner Mike Sullivan, or Mike Oresco, excuse me, and Chuck Sullivan, who handles uh, all the, the PR so well for the conference, just have to be thrilled. And, uh, you know, it's just really, I mean, again, it's the longest winning streak in the nation. They are currently ranked number 11 uh, and, you know, just can't forget what they did last year when, you know, part of their swagger comes from the fact that they beat Auburn in the Fiesta Bowl, I believe, or the Peach Bowl, perhaps. Peach Bowl. Peach Bowl. Peach Bowl down in Atlanta. On uh, at New Year's time, and of course, the kicker to the whole thing was that Auburn had, in the weeks leading up to that, beaten both Georgia and Alabama, 
who of course <laughs> played in the national championship game. So UCF presented themselves with a pretty strong case. They beat the team that beat the two teams in the national championship. And so, you know, again, it's just going to be, uh, you know, I just think fun to kind of, you know, just get the whole story, the spirit. They love their nights down there. I mean, it's a big deal in Orlando. That's for sure. Again, I've been there frequently uh, in the past few years as they, this run has gotten underway. And, oh, by the way, let's not forget, when Scott Frost took over as coach, whatever, four or five years ago, he took over a team that was 0-12. And four, three, four years later, they're 12-0. and they're still riding that twelve and zero to what is now eighteen and zero or nineteen and zero, whatever it is. So, yeah. it's a great story. There's no other way to say it. It's a great story. I mean, at some point, you know, I think America in general would be thrilled to see them somehow, some way, you know, sneak into the CFP. Uh, I just think it would be one of the great stories in recent college football history. I really do and see what they can do against the really big boys. Yeah, I'd like to see Central Florida play a bowl game against another Power 5 team. And and I think they had a brilliant marketing campaign to yes. flirt with the idea that they were the national champion. I think they did it tongue-in-cheek, and, and right. that's the way I viewed, viewed that, you know, viewed that philosophy. And I didn't take them seriously that they actually thought well, exactly. Correct. Yeah, I, I thought it was, you, you know, some people, you know, were negative over it. But I think the large majority of people enjoyed it. I mean, if you're not going to say it about yourself, who else is going to say it? You know, and in this case, it was obvious no one was going to say it. I do believe they were named, by the way. And I know this. I'm pretty sure they were named by the New York Times as national champions. Some media entity definitely proclaimed them national champions. I remember it so well because uh, in 1995, I went to the Rose Bowl when Penn State beat Oregon to go undefeated. And they were for sure named the New York Times national champion. But of course, Bob Costas and, uh, awarded it to Nebraska the night before when they beat, I believe, Miami down in the Orange Bowl. Uh, which People, trust me, Penn State fans going to the Rose Bowl the next morning in L.A. were not too happy about them. I'll never forget it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So um, so anyway, uh, that's why I'm well aware. You know, I know that a media entity definitely did declare UCF national championship team. So therefore, there were you know they they had a little something to go on. But. Uh, Another thing, you know, that I like about it, I mean, there's a couple things. Number one, I thought they handled the departure of Scott Frost better than, as good, if not better, than any college coach leaving his university had ever been handled before. You know, they were gracious, supportive. They got it 100%. You know, last year I went out to Nebraska I went to the Nebraska-Ohio State game in Lincoln. So, you know, I really learned, uh, you know, and at the time, that's when they actually hired the new athletic director the very weekend I was there, and I was listening to Cornhusker Radio. (laughs) So I really got, like, you know, it was was Scott Frost or Bust last October, you you know, literally six weeks into the season. 
you know, he, he's <clears throat> a native son, high school star, led him to a national championship. I mean, he, he was, uh, you know, obviously the guy. And I, I just, again, thought Central Florida handled that just so beautifully um, last year when he in, when he took that job because, you know, they, they got it. They understood, as anybody should and would. Yeah, I mean, he was the favorite son to come back to that state and lead the Cornhuskers, there's no question. I mean, I would have been disappointed myself. I, you know, I, I don't even think I know anybody in Nebraska, but he was the person to lead that program and come back. And uh, So, you know, good for them. They have him now. They're making a little progress. They are. And, uh, good for them, by the way, yeah. Be all right. They won their last four after losing their first five or six under him. With everything that could go wrong, did go wrong. But now he seems to have got him kind of back on track a little bit. Yeah, they're coming along. He'll get some players, and that's the main key, of course, recruiting. That's the lifeblood of any program. He'll have to figure out his philosophy because there's not enough players, of course, in Nebraska. There never has been, but they're able to stockpile those players normally and then have to reach out to all directions. Exactly, and you mentioned the perfect word for my final thought on the topic as we go to break, which is simply UCF is located in Florida, talent-rich Florida. So the best players in the country come from Florida, and there's more of them there than any other state in the country, save perhaps California. And, you know, so what that tells me, quite frankly, AP, is that, you know, there's talent on that team, you know, there just is because obviously they have a lot of, a lot of kids from Florida playing for them. Um, and I'm guessing they're all playing with a chip on their shoulder because they probably, uh, many of them have been bypassed by, you know, the Gators, Florida state and the U. So, um, so th- there's no question based on their location in Florida, in the heart of Florida, by the way, that, you know, that team has a lot of serious talent on it. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think it's a fascinating story. It really is. I mean, uh, who knows? There, there may be a day in the not-too-distant future where they literally are, are passing, uh, you know, the big three that have been established in Florida yes. forever. Yes, yes, Absolutely. Yeah, Central Florida, they could be a player in a decade or less. Correct. Exactly right. Um, anyway, good for them. I'm glad that, you know, they're going to have uh, three hours to be center stage this coming Saturday when uh, College Game Day is broadcast live from Spectrum Field down at uh, the UCF campus in Orlando. And AP, hard to believe, we're at the end of our third segment already so why don't we take our final break still a few more things to get to on the other side your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports 
This week on The Revolution, we're on a big game conquest for moose, grizzlies, whitetails, and more. Tune in as Stan Potts of North American Whitetail and Tim Brent with Jim Shockey's Hunting Adventures talk big game hunting. Plus, Jake Edson of Bushnell and Steve Nessel from Yamaha will discuss optics and off-roading. Jim and Trav's Big Game Conquest is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel have you had a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews philosophy business tips and tactics spirituality positive thought current events and even more about your favorite hosts it's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com that's blog.voiceamerica.com the voice america press blog all access all the time your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is the Pittsburgh Steelers at Jacksonville Jaguars game this Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. It's the perfect confluence of uh, a team heading south, the Jaguars lost losers of five in a row versus a team uh, heading north and on a roll. The Pittsburgh Steelers won four or five in a row, including a total beatdown of the Carolina Panthers last Thursday night. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, Jaguars went up to Pittsburgh twice last year, including in the playoffs and took care of the Steelers. So there's the big revenge factor. So, I think it's one of the it's the game of the day for sure, and quite possibly one of the games of the year. So, should be a good one, AP. I think we're finally going to find out, uh, you know, who these two teams really are once and for all. And uh, a guy you know well, Leonard Fournette, uh, is back on the field. Had a good game yesterday, two touchdowns, and of course, speaking of the American Athletic Conference, as we did in the previous segment. Uh, Blake Bortles, UCF. So, uh, you know, there's a lot to like about this game. I know people in Pittsburgh are pretty revved up, put them mildly. Oh, yeah, Leonard Fournette, he's a powerful running back when he's healthy, and Blake Bortles, he's had his moments. Uh, 
in the playoffs. So that should be a good ball game. Look forward to watching that one. Yeah, it feels like the Jaguars are simply playing for their season. Like, in other words, this is a must win for them. They simply have to right the ship. And they might be the only team in recent memory, this side of the Patriots, who can actually say to themselves, like, we've got the Steelers number. (laughs) You know, I don't think any other team can really say that over the years or even in the past year or two, but certainly the Jaguars can. Very few, very few. Very few. (laughs) And, uh, you know, so you you just have that revenge factor. You know, you you have the Steelers. uh, I mean, they just put on a show on Thursday night, and, you know, as I, again, as... Going back to the opening segment, uh, our long ni- national nightmare of Le'Veon Bell should be ending by 4 p.m. tomorrow, and that's good for all of us, but it should be, I would think, especially good for the Steelers, since, you know, theoretically at 4.01 p.m. tomorrow, we should know once and for all, you know, the the final makeup of that team, will they or will they not have Le'Veon Bell, period, and is it going to be all about James Conner, so... Uh, I, I think everybody's pretty tired of the Le'Veon Bell story. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, like I said, it's going to end one way or the other. As I'm sure you know, if he doesn't report by 4 p.m. tomorrow, he cannot play this year, period. That's it. It's a black and white issue. So uh, yeah, we shall that'll see. Be, that'll, be, yeah, that'll be something if he lets that deadline pass and not play the whole season. That'll be, that'll be interesting. Yeah, my understanding is, and it's very complicated, but, you know, if I have it right, if he doesn't yeah. show up and doesn't play, he becomes a free agent, I believe, in March. Free for any team to sign. The Steelers may still have some type of a, a thing or two they might be able to do, but I'm guessing they wouldn't have an interest in doing any of it. <laughs> you know, yeah, let I them walk. I mean, that's, yes, yeah, they probably at this point, you know, they that's a broken marriage, I think, so... I think so. Move on down the line. Yeah, and I'll take it a step further, AP, which is simply he's immensely talented. Of course, James Conner has had, you know, just a tremendous year. You know, Erie, Pennsylvania, Western Pennsylvania guy who, of course, beat cancer, played for Pitt. He's beloved. I mean, he is he's one of them. Yeah, he's He's, a perfect player for that team because of that uh, familiarity and, and is being born in, from Pittsburgh. So, yeah, I mean, he, I bet he probably has all the jersey numbers now. Everybody's entering the stadium with his his number. Yeah, he is beloved. And let's not forget, I mean, you, you talk about knowing each other. I mean, Pitt and the Steelers train at the exact same facility. So when James Conner, they not only know him from practicing, they also, as a result of that, being in the same facility, you know, understand exactly what he dealt with health-wise. So, you know, there's a deep-seated knowledge, and the whole town is downright giddy over his success. And uh, I mean, he's a player. He's doing some things better than Le'Veon Bell. Like, some of his statistics are better, which is pretty incredible when you factor in the receiving and the rushing. Yeah, the narrative is well-known, and he's uh, dear to everybody that's in the Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania area, so I think it's a great story, and I believe it's always nice to have somebody local on your team, and especially if it's one of your better players. Oh, yeah. I know. I remember draft night. I mean, the second they drafted him, I was like, 
loving it. I mean, just uh, I was thrilled. The moment I saw his name get called, I just said, oh, is that that's perfect. And I think thousands and tens of thousands of fans in general, Steeler fans in particular, echoed that same sentiment, like just perfect. Uh, yeah. Just yeah. He's right where he belongs. And to see him do it this year what he's done is really been nothing short of amazing there was some concern with timing and everything he was in concussion protocol but i just saw yesterday i believe that he he should be ready for the jacksonville game so no issue there because that was starting to factor in i think a little bit to some of the Le'Veon bell chatter last week uh but (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I, i think there's been entirely too much chatter and Hopefully it all ends tomorrow, and, and there's every reason to believe that it will. Yeah, you want to see a final decision, and everybody can part ways and move on. Correct, correct. This is not a, like a this year thing, by the way. This is the third year in a row, uh, you know, that this, uh, you know, chess match has been going on between this team and Le'Veon Bell and franchise tags and just all of it. So it's been a long road that apparently is going to reach some sort of semi-conclusion tomorrow. Uh, And before we wrap up the show, AP, one last note. Interesting game this weekend. Uh, Back to college football. Number three team in the country, Notre Dame, is playing at Yankee Stadium against Syracuse, a team that knows how to pull upsets, as we saw with uh, them nearly beating Clemson, by the way, Uh, and also beating... Oh, no, they did beat Clemson. What am I saying? They beat Clemson last well, year, and I think they, right. yeah, and they took them to the wire this year. Right. Uh, and I, I think that's one of the better games they've had, John, in this Yankee Stadium uh, era where they tried to have the football games once or twice a year after right. the baseball season concluded. So, you know, all the people from New York, Syracuse, and there's so many Notre Dame fans in the state of New York and surrounding areas. So I bet it's a sellout. It'll be a big-time ball game. I totally agree. That's where the term Subway alumni comes from. Yeah, Subway alumni. That's where it originated. It sure did. And, you know, John, it's always nice when the two teams are having winning seasons and they're in the top 15, 10. And this is a game where Notre Dame. This might be the hardest game for Notre Dame. It definitely might be their hardest game of the year. And, of course, uh, the Subway alumni, Notre Dame playing in Yankee Stadium, goes back, of course, to the famous Notre Dame Army games in and around World War II, Newt Rockney, all of it. So there, there's quite a history there, to say the least. So I think that's yeah, going to be a fun yeah. game. I'm, I'm intrigued. Oh, absolutely. And to play in Yankee Stadium for any of those players down the road when they look back and they can tell their children, maybe grandchildren, I played in Yankee Stadium and I was a football player. That is uh, quite the memory. It's very cool. Um, well, AP, we're at the end of the show. I want to thank you again for calling in. Always great to talk sports with you once a week and appreciate your perspective as always. Uh, thank you, John. It's my pleasure. Look forward to next week. All right, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time.
Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week. 